Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three of Hoops Caviar. I am your host, Dante Toro, a.k.a. Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dante on Deck, and I am joined by my co-host, the one, the only, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what is up, my guy? Nothing is up, Dante. It is Wednesday, currently 4.47, July 1st. July 4th is coming up this weekend, so you know we're about to have a great weekend. Yes, but sir. for the time being, I'm here to talk some ball, and it is my favorite time of the day to talk some ball. So let's get to it. I'm 401 Sheen on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for stepping into Hoops Caviar's world again. A little bit of a collab there. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so let's get uh, to it. A little Sheen, taking a little bit out of Sheen's world right there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Listen, there's never a bad time for us to talk about some ball, especially uh, we're getting closer and closer to the NBA season restarting. We're less than a month away. Uh, and today, July 1st, is supposed to be the deadline for when players can uh, – uh, well, today is the deadline for when players can sign with teams. So – uh, NBA has allowed teams to have up to 17 roster spots, and today should be the deadline. Uh, there was supposed to be the deadline, I think it was June 24th, and then they kind of pushed it back. So we'll see if uh, they push it back even more. Today was supposed to be a deadline. So there's really no big breaking news yet as of who's signing where, except for J.R. Smith, who signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is something that has basically been expected to happen. People have speculated it even before Avery Bradley opted out. But once Avery Bradley opted out of playing in Orlando with the Lakers, everyone was – Adrian Wojnarowski was saying J.R. Smith is expected to sign with the Lakers. Today, they made it official. J.R. Smith – for people that don't know, people probably remember J.R. Smith the most for his most recent uh, – for his most recent actions, which is basically when he was in the finals a few years ago with LeBron and he uh, dribbled out the ball when the clock was running out in regulation and LeBron kind of, you have that meme of LeBron like pointing at him, like, what are you doing? Like just absolutely losing his mind. Uh, J.R. Smith, uh, say what you want about him. He is, uh, honestly, he's known for his flashy dunks, his highlight tapes for when he was on the Nuggets, the Knicks, even the Cavs later on. But he is one of the top three-point shooters in playoff history. He's a top five. He's in the top five list for three-pointers made in the finals. For his career and in the playoffs, he is a 37% three-point shooter. He is someone that has been with LeBron on multiple playoff runs. So LeBron, even though I mentioned earlier, they had their issues with the whole, you know, J.R. Smith uh, running out the clock, this and that. He knows J.R. Smith. He has experience with them. They have that chemistry. Um, and with Avery Bradley being gone, uh, they needed another guard. Um, and Jerry Smith, like I mentioned, he is a pretty good shooter. He will be a pretty good addition to the team. Uh, Ryan, what do, you, what do you think about this signing for the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, the thing about J.R. Smith is I tweeted it out the other day. I believe he's a bigger threat to the, to the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers than any other team is in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, just because, I mean, I know it's one play, but it's just so funny. You can't forget about it. But J.R. Smith, yes, he's a great three-point shooter. But the thing that the Lakers are really going to be losing with the loss of Avery Bradley is defense. Mm -hmm. And I know we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Yes. He's a great shooter, but he can't play as good as defense as Avery Bradley. So you're really getting an upside to the offense, and you're really losing something on the defensive side. Uh, I don't really see a big problem with signing him. I mean, there was more guys out there, but I think LeBron would rather have a guy on his team that he's been to the finals with and he's actually known for a while, like going back to high school. So I think like their relationship is pretty strong, and so. I, I think it's not a bad move, but the defensive side is going to get hurt from it. No, absolutely. And Stephen A. Smith uh, talked about this uh, when they were talking about J.R. Smith signing with the Lakers. And he goes, J.R. Smith can do just about everything Avery Bradley does, if not better. And on the offensive side of things, I can agree on it. But like you said with defense, there's not many – uh, guards in the NBA that could really touch Avery Bradley as far as how good of a defender he is. Like he was on the Celtics a few years ago and when he was on the Celtics, he was legitimately considered 
one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA, if not, if not the best. He just, he's just is such a high IQ player, just can lock down a team's, uh, maybe not now, but he could have locked down a team's best player. And he could, you tell him to go on and guard someone, he will, he will take responsibility for it. He is up for the challenge. And kind of going back to Jared Smith, I don't think it's going to be like the biggest impact. Like, I don't know how, how, how many minutes do you think he's even going to play for the Lakers? I mean, I can't see him playing more than like 17 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he's, he's going to come in for some situational ball and it's going to be, I think it's going to be kind of towards like the end of quarters, but also, in the middle of the quarters, he's going to come in and just get some time. Like, I, I can't see him playing more than 17, 18 minutes a night. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he's not going to make a significant impact. Like, J.R. Smith hasn't played, what, all, all season? Mm-hmm. And now That's he's just – Yeah, he's just stepping up again and trying to get back into it. So, I mean, I, I'd assume he's been working out. I'd assume he's been shooting and all that. But when you sit out a while, you do lose a step. I mean – we could see LeBron James like sit out for two years and he'd be fine. Like it's just how it is. But he's not LeBron James. He's J.R. Smith. So I I don't see him playing a lot of minutes per night. He's gonna come in for situational ball, get a couple buckets for him, and that's really gonna be it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how he plays into the rotation with Alex Caruso. Um, I'm sure that he is going to uh, see a bump in his minutes. Uh, Cont- Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, Danny even Green. Danny Green as well. Danny Green usually starts, but even it's to see if his minutes take a dip or not. Uh, the Lakers' uh, championship odds actually went down from a plus 165 to a plus 210 after signing J.R. Smith. So, I mean, I know those are just odds. I mean, that's not really – you can't really count out LeBron. LeBron could turn anyone into a uh, to an all-star caliber player, really. I mean, he can make J.R. Smith look like a, a, a god out there. So, But it's just uh, interesting to note that as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, for, for the Lakers, it's definitely a help with three-point shooting. J.R. Smith has made many playoff runs, uh, been in the finals multiple occasions, is an NBA champion uh, when the Cavaliers won a few years ago. So he has that experience. He has that chemistry with LeBron. So it's just we'll have to wait and see. And uh, hopefully by the end of today, I mean, this episode will be out by then unless we get a a news alert. I'll I'll keep checking my phone just in case something does happen. Um, But for now, J.R. Smith is really the only major uh, free agent signing. Uh, So going into our next topic, uh, there has been the athletic put out. They did an anonymous uh, they anonymously polled 23 coaches for defensive player of the year voting. And they put out eight names. Rudy Gobert and Giannis Antetokounmpo led the way with 52 points each. Anthony Davis had 44 points. Kawhi Leonard, 28. And then it just an it's absolute drop-off. Uh, Patrick Beverly went down to six. Brooke Lopez. Um, yeah, Brooke Lopez on the Bucks has five points. Ben Simmons, five points. And Bam out of Bayou has four points. Um, we've talked about this <laughs> on our other podcast, Chasing Banners. We've, we, we've had our, uh, discussions about a certain somebody that is typically left off of these lists for no good reason. Doesn't really make sense. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, he wasn't on the list that I just told, that I just said, but he did get points. He got two points. Um, and what's interesting about this is that the, uh, the athletic also voted for who they think will make the first team. And the first team for them was Ben Simmons, Marcus Smart, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Rudy Gobert. So it just confuses me how they have Marcus Smart on their first team, but yet Patrick Beverly, Brooke Lopez, and even Bam Adebayo have more points than him. Like, I understand the whole guards don't win defensive player of the year. And I'm not here to advocate, advocate for Marcus Smart to win the defensive player of the year. Cause I don't think, I, I personally think it's Giannis's year to win it. Um, I think that he is the defensive player of the year, but Marcus Smart only getting two points from 23 coaches and, and then making the first team. Uh, I, I don't know. Can, can you kind of like jump in here and help me out here? Because I, I'm very confused as to why Marcus Smart continues to be disrespected in this manner. I, we're not turning this into our uh, Celtics podcast, but I mean, people have to understand like Marcus Smart is 
first-team all-defense worthy, but he also deserves more than two points being voted on by coaches. Brooke Lopez has five points. Patrick Beverly has six points. Those guys are not better defenders than Marcus Smart in any, in any way, shape, or form. Marcus Smart is one of the only guards, if not the only guard, that could defend positions one to five in the NBA. That alone, he has the respect. He has the praise from guys like Dwayne Wade, Gary Payton this past year, basically basically said that Marcus Smart should win defensive player of the year, should be up there in contention. Uh, Ryan, what, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? First of all, just tell me what you think about Marcus Smart being left off this list. Well, to start, 2020 is just such an interesting year, and you have to expect <laughs> the, the unexpected. You have to expect the unexpected. You expect Marcus Smart on there, but of course, he's not on there because welcome to 2020. And I, I, I literally do not know. I, I have like always said this. I believe like I, all right, Patrick Beverly has always been one of the best defensive guards in the league in consistently in the past few seasons, like within the past four seasons, if you want to say. Mm-hmm. But over that, that time, Marcus Smart has gotten better, and now he has proven that he's way better than Patrick Beverly. It just stands out at this point. It really confuses me as to why Marcus Smart is always left out or he's not given the amount of respect that he deserves because – it is clear. You don't need stats. You don't need numbers. You don't need to look at a piece of paper. Just look at how he plays. Look at when he comes. I mean, look at when he shows up to the game and like when he makes his most important plays, all he does is make winning plays. If you watch that, if you just watch him and that's the issue, it's you and I are watching him all the time. Celtics fans are watching him all the time. People around the league aren't watching that. And it's pretty unbelievable the amount of time, uh, times that his name has come up and yet his name is still left, left off a list like this. Your coaches, you have to coach against Marcus Smart, don't you? Don't yeah. you think you would know best about how well of a defender he is and how elite of a defender he is? It's just, it, I, I don't know. It's just, is it something that they have against Marcus Smart? Is it something that we aren't seeing? Because, I mean, I see one of the, Again, one of the best defenders in the league. What is it that these coaches are seeing when they play him? I so where's where are we like where are we missing like where are we like losing that that <laughs> straight line? Where's that dash and what like what is not clear about Marcus Smart's de- defense? I I don't get it. I I am confused as you. I am, and I say this again. These are guys voting for him and giving him points that have to game plan against him, and they know how good he is. Think about that. What? Yeah. But you want to put him on first-team all-defense, but yet you want to rank Patrick Beverly? Yeah. Up, I, I, what That's is the it? part that what confuses is it? me a lot. And I, uh, there was a tweet that was like, oh, it's because he didn't play as many games or whatever. Patrick Beverly played 48 games, and Marcus Smart played 53. So the, the whole he didn't play enough games, that, that just gets thrown out the window right there. Um, I feel like <laughs> you're asking, like, what are we missing here? These coaches game plan against him. They, they literally have to – they compete against the guy. So it's not like they don't watch him play. Like, they, they do. It's not like these are analysts voting. These are actual NBA coaches. I feel like the coaches just, like, have something against him because of how many great defensive plays that he makes against their team. I tweeted out a video – uh, not not too long after we started recording, and it's a it's a two minute video of just every defensive play that Marcus Smart has made this season, and it, not everyone obviously you cannot fit that into two minutes, um, but it's just all his top defensive plays, and like that's all you really need to watch. That's all you really need to know of how great a defender he is. Makes game winning plays, literally lays his body on the floor in like the first possession of a game. Like this guy, it was a few years ago. He was out. Uh, I think he fractured a bone in his thumb and it was wrapped up like heavily and he comes back in the playoffs and the first play that he made back he dove on the floor literally reaching out with his that hand and like almost could re-injure himself but that's just the type of player is like he just doesn't give a shit like he just lays his body on the line does makes whatever stop he needs to make for his team just he just has that mentality. It's like, if like, I'm going to go out there and play like this is my very last basketball game like he right. just lays it all out on the floor and th- like 
you just have to respect a player like that. Like, and not for nothing, like he's evolved as an offensive player as well. It's not like he's a one-dimensional player anymore. It's not like he's just known for his offensive game. This past year, he shot 35% from three, which is up from his career average of 32%. He shot 38% from the field this year, which is uh, close to his uh, career high, which is the second highest uh, field goal percentage he's had in his entire career. He averaged 13 and a half points a game, which is the most he's averaged his entire career. He's a one point one averages 1.6 steals per game for his career, had a career high four point assists a game. I can just go on. The guy has evolved every year. He just keeps getting better and better, not just on the defensive end. And it's just confusing. It, it really is, especially when he gets voted to make the first team. But yeah, Patrick Beverly gets more votes than him in just the regular voting. Like that just doesn't make sense. How many coaches was there? Twenty three. Twenty three. So I mean, they left off seven of them. So but who's still it? like who like? It, it didn't say. It was an anonymous vote. So I'd assume Brad Stevens isn't going to vote for anyone else but Marcus Smart. Like you'd have to assume if Brad Stevens voted, he has to have more than two points, right? Yeah, I, I like. I don't know, man. I I don't know. Like that's the only thing I can really come to because. I again, I watch this guy so much. He's one of my fa- he's probably my favorite player in the league right now. He was I say the very that, first Celtics jersey that I bought. Yeah, like he's like I consistently watch this guy. Like I'm not lying. Like I'm not yeah. stretching the truth. Like I'm watching it. I have eyes that work. If you have eyes that work, they should tell you what's going on, dude. Like it's not that hard. It's honestly it's it has to be something that coaches have against him because how hey, how can you leave him off lists like this? I just at, don't get at it. At the end of the day, dude, if it just if this is just more motivation for Marcus Smart, then keep giving it to us. Keep disrespecting him and keep pushing him. Um, and and that kind of goes into my next question. I was going to ask you. I, I said who I thought was going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I picked Giannis. Uh, who do you think should win Defensive Player of the Year? Marcus Smart. Okay. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> no, I, Smart. To, to be realistic, like, I do want Marcus Smart to win Defensive Player of the Year because consistently for the past few seasons, again, I don't know, if you just look at his seasons, you can see how good of a player on defense he's been, and you can see how his offensive game has also transitioned as he's gotten older and more matured in the league. But honestly, if it's going to be anyone – I think I have to agree with you. It does have to be honest. I mean, the guy's pretty just unstoppable on defense. His length, the way he blocks, like just everything about him. Like I'd rather it be Marcus Smart because I think he deserves it that much. But if you just, if you have a clear answer, it's it's it has to be honest. It's just so hard. Like I mean, just guards winning the defensive player of the year award. I, I think I wrote an article about it. There's been like five guards that have won it. And the last guard to win it was Gary Payton back in 96 when the Supersonics were and still around. And two of them were uh, Moncrief, I'm pretty sure. Am I correct? Moncrief, Michael Jordan won one. And then um, uh, Michael Cooper was okay. one. But he was also, I think they considered him a forward as well. So, I mean, that's kind of you know, up for I, however you want to debate it. But I think that's even a bigger story to talk about. It's how how have guards not won it since Gary Payton? It's just, all these great guards that have come in and like just absolutely dominated on defense. You're just gonna give it to the taller guy every time. It's because they got the defensive rebound stats. So it's easier for them to get blocks. I guess it's easier for them to get steals, intercepting the ball in the paint. It's just much easier for for big men, for centers especially, to win it. I mean, when you see a guy like Kawhi Leonard winning it, I mean, like even though he deserves to win it, it's like surprising because you you're used to it being given to a big man. Right. Right. So that was Defensive Player of the Year. We both said that Giannis should win it, which would be incredible because my I'm segueing into the next uh, odds that came out today, and it was odds to win MVP. And Giannis Antetokounmpo was minus 2,400. In second place, LeBron James. Everyone assumed it was going to be Giannis-LeBron race. He was plus 1,100. Now that is a big, big drop-off. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he should win the MVP this year. I just think all year long he's been more consistent. LeBron turned it up uh, towards uh, the second half of the year, towards the end of the year. But all year long, Giannis was just 
the reason why the Bucks have the best record in the NBA. Like he just makes that they the Milwaukee Bucks did such a fantastic job of building a team around him. He right. just makes everyone around him so great. Um, it, it, he's just the MVP. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs, and if he wins Defensive Player of the Year as well, he would be the third player in NBA in NBA history to win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, which he would join Hakeem and Michael Jordan in the and same that, in the same in the season. same year in the same season. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, is, could I add real quick? It was also da- David Robinson and Kevin Garnett have also won the award, but they were in different seasons. So I just wanted to add mm-hmm. those two. So he'd be the fifth player to do it. Um, but fifth player to yeah, win both and, awards. Yeah, and but he'd be a third player in the same season to do yeah. it. And that's just like that just shows how dominant of a year that Giannis has had, how special of a year he's had and how how uh we should be afraid of him when the playoffs come around. I know the Bucks never made it to the finals. They've had their moments uh, last year. I believe they were up two nothing to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals and then they went and they lost that series 4-2. Um, so they still have to prove themselves in the playoffs. But Giannis Antetokounmpo just had as great of a year as you can think of. Um, and when you – I, I want to point out real quick. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. I, I, I want to say it in that last part. When you have the most dominant player of all time saying that you're the most dominant player now, that yeah. should say it. Now <laughs> when you Shaq can is saying that. No, absolutely. Like – and Shaq, I mean, for him to say that, Shaq, you argue, is the most dominant player of all time. He was seven feet, 300-something pounds, a center that would just bully anyone. And, uh, I mean, Giannis is, you know, lanky as hell, super tall, but he doesn't have the same build as Shaq whatsoever. But yet he is one of the most dominant players in basketball, which is insane. Um, going off the rest of the list, it went Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, Luka Doncic, and then Kawhi Leonard rounded out the top five. And then, uh, yeah, Dave, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Jokic, and Westbrook. Um, I said that I believe Giannis, uh, he deserves to win it this year. Uh, do you agree with me, or who do you think should win MVP? Well, I've said this many times before, and you know this. LeBron James could win the MVP every year if he wanted. And the only reason why he doesn't win MVP every year is because you have to give it to someone else. The guy mm-hmm. would have it, like, every year of his career. It's just Absolutely. you have to you have to switch it up. and. It's kind of amazing because you look at this season LeBron is having and statistically is it is one of his best seasons of all time. If it not, is. I, I it is the best yeah, season he averaged of all, a career he's high, ever had. He averaged a career high ten point six assists, which is higher than his second career best nine point one, which was uh two years ago. And he averages twenty five point I'm just gonna throw out his stats, uh twenty five point seven points, ten point six rebounds, seven point nine assists a game, uh, shooting 50% from the field, 35% from three. Um, listen, uh, you mentioned it, and uh, you nailed it right on the head. You, LeBron James could have won the MVP award like 10 times by now. Yeah. It's just the fact that every year he puts up – he just puts up consistent numbers every single year. Like his career averages are 27 points, 7.4 assists, 7.4 uh, rebounds a game. Like this is just what we're used to seeing. It's not Ridiculous. like – like if anyone else put up these numbers, they would be like, "Oh yeah, like this guy probably should win MVP." But this is just LeBron James. Like this is just what we're used to seeing. This besides, is normal. Besides the jump of assist and assists, which I mean, you could see, you could have seen that happening, considering you know Anthony Davis is on the team now. LeBron is thirty-five, and he's kind of, even though he is averaging twenty-five point seven, he is kind of giving Anthony Davis more free reign of being the top option on the Lakers. And LeBron's being more passive now than he has ever been in his career. And I'm, this is something we should expect to see more from him as his career winds down, just those assist numbers being above in the double digits. Um, but yeah, LeBron James, uh, he'll probably come in second place. People are making the argument that he should win it. And I understand the argument, but like you said, like uh, we're saying, it, it's just he could win the MVP every year. And it's just, you got to give it to someone else. You do. You do have to give it to someone else. And it's, Looking back at that 2018 uh, playoff run that LeBron went on, and even the season in general, like it, it's 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 unbelievable how like even just here and there, like every other year, you can't even give it to him. It's just it's been so long that since he's won it, but again, you can't give it to the same guy every year. 
it'd be so hard. It'd be like, oh, and the MVP of this year in the next 10 years, just to let you know, is LeBron James. So don't even think about an MVP award. It, it just wouldn't be exciting anymore, you know? So it has to go to Giannis. But to be honest with you, like, I like in my opinion, like, it should be LeBron because, again, he's having the best year of his career at, what, 35 years old? Yeah. Yes, he has Anthony Davis. But then he's surrounded by a bunch of role players. So he's just – he's just, and now he's in the West. I've been wanting him to go out West for years to, so to I could just – Yes, just to prove it. And then I brought up the conversation last year, and someone, I think, tweeted at me. It's like he doesn't even really have to prove it anymore because he's proved all he's done. And I'm like, yeah, he's proved all he's done in the East. Mm-hmm. Then he gets out West, and he's just an absolute beast. It's just – Yeah. I In my opinion – it's LeBron James that is the MVP, but you have to give it to Giannis. Every year, LeBron James is most likely the MVP. I mean, it doesn't take away. I still think LeBron James is the best player in the world, even if he doesn't win the MVP. He's the best player in the world. And, I mean, we all know. We've seen from years past. Do you think LeBron James really cares about the regular season? <laughs> no. He doesn't give two shits about the regular season, man. He cares about the playoffs. He puts up those insane numbers during the regular season, but it's so crazy because those numbers are going to be even better. Right. Like, at least his scoring numbers, his assist numbers, like, he might take a more uh, bigger role as far as scoring the basketball, and he, he, he can just take over a game. And the last playoff run he had, he averaged 34 points, <laughs> nine assists, and nine rebounds a game. He shot... 34% from three and 40, 54% from the field. Like the guy just absolutely turns it up in the playoffs. And uh, that's what people, that's what people look forward to the most out of him. And that's that the playoffs is what shows you who the best players in the world are. Mm-hmm. And they're in the yep. regular season. It's one thing to be the best player during the regular season and to be the best player during the playoffs and as a collective, the regular season and the playoffs. We'll see how Giannis plays in the playoffs. I'm assuming he's still going to be an absolute monster. Like I'm not saying he won't, but it's just you'll see, you'll see the jump that LeBron makes, and you'll understand that he he genuinely does not care about the regular season as much as as much as other people might. It's kind of crazy to think that we look at the numbers that LeBron James puts up and they're normal. Not normal on yeah. anyone else's standards. It's normal on LeBron's standards. And it's crazy to think about how many people t- take his talent and his greatness for granted. Like I did for many years because I was so sick of LeBron just knocking <laughs> the Celtics out of the playoffs. I mean, like the first half, like pre or like before the big three left, like obviously we were running shit against LeBron. But then he came back, and then he was like, yeah, well, I'm about to run shit on you guys. And he was just always killing us. He was just always coming back in the playoffs. And just the Rajon-Rondo game when Rondo went up for 41, and he just outplayed him and got 45. And I was just like, oh, come on, man. Just give us a break. Like, <laughs> But I, I, stopped, I stopped, like, really disliking LeBron because I used to dislike how he would always just, like, come to a new team and completely – pull apart the team and just kind of put his like throw his teammates under the bus. And I stopped looking at it that way. And I just look at how he plays now and you really can't take it for granted because I mean, he might play another 10 years, but that's a short 10 years. If you, if you think about it, so you just got to appreciate who he is and the numbers he puts up. And again, those numbers are normal for LeBron. So if you really truly think about that, it, it will blow your mind. And what's crazy is he's played 17 NBA seasons, and this season was his fourth lowest scoring total, like scoring average in his career. His rookie year, he averaged 21, and his first two years back in Cleveland, he averaged 25.3. So, I mean, he averaged 25.7. It's like even the scoring is, like, low for him. But it's still, like, he bumped up the assist number. Like, the guy is just – and I'm with you there uh, when you talk about just appreciating it, like, Growing up, like obviously being a diehard Celtics fan that he was, as we are, we would hate seeing him eliminate us all the time. Right. But at the same time, it's like, bro, like we're literally witnessing like one of the greatest players ever. Like LeBron James is our Michael Jordan. Like we never got to witness Michael Jordan. People say Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, and I, I agree with that, but we never got to watch him play. We got to watch LeBron play. We got to watch Kobe Bryant play. And those two guys are like our Michael Jordans. LeBron James is going to go down 
arguably the second best player of all time. And it's just, we need to realize that for what it is right now while he's playing, we can't let him retire and be like, wow, like he, he did play like the second best player of all time. He was this and that, like we have to appreciate it for what he's doing right now. And uh, that's why like, well, I, would I be happy if the Lakers won the championship? No. I mean, I want the Celtics to win it, but I really want to see LeBron succeed and do well because he is one of the greats, one of the best players we've ever seen. And I want to see him do well while he's still here. Um, he's 35. He can play, but he could play for 10 more years. He really could. Yeah. I think his last year is going to be when his son steps into the NBA. I think that's, uh, I think Wrong. he said previously that that is probably going to like, that's his goal to play in the same, like play with his son. Yep. So I think that will be his last year. But I mean, no matter what, you never know what could happen. LeBron James has been consistently healthy except for the last uh two years ago his first year in LA he had a groin injury that he missed a lot of the season and that was like the first year he's missed the playoffs in so long um but it's like you never know when a catastrophic injury could happen so it's like you just got to appreciate it now while he's healthy and he's here um I just wanted to bring up real quick do you remember a few off seasons ago when uh his name was being linked to the Celtics yeah that was when um that was when he signed with LA that uh, yeah, correct. When that was happening, I was the most opposed to him joining the Celtics. And just because, like, when you have a, a, a player like LeBron James, for example, Michael Jordan in the past generation, you want to beat him. You don't want yeah. him on your team. Mm-hmm. I never wanted him on the Celtics. It's always been Celtics versus LeBron James. It's never been Celtics versus Cleveland or Celtics versus Miami. Like, it, to me, it's always been the Celtics versus LeBron James, and it's always been a rivalry with him. And when he was linked to the Celtics a few off seasons ago, I was so mad. I was like, no, nah, I'm not about it. Like, my friends were asking me, they're like, are you kidding me? You don't want greatness on your team? One of the best players of all time on your team? I'm like, no, I want to beat this guy. Are you kidding me? If you beat this guy, this says something. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just, it takes the uh, the satisfaction out of winning, kind of, like – yeah, like the Celtics, like it's much different beating the best player and then having the best player join you and just right. run through the league. I mean, I'm not trying to to say anything about Golden State fans or anything like that because I've talked about Katie in the past. Like he was the best player on the best team, so I don't say anything bad about him. But it's like kind of like Katie joining the Warriors, or it'd be just kind of like, yeah, like you're gonna win every year. But is it really as satisfying as it would be like beating someone like Katie? Like no, no. it wouldn't be, especially after all the years of LeBron beating the Celtics. Like, the year before, like, when he took them to seven games. It's just, like, you want to be able to come back and beat him. You don't want him to join you, and then it's just so easy for you. Because if he joined the Celtics, you know how easy it would be? They'd make it to the finals every year. Yeah, it's like – That's just how it would be. It's like Tom Brady and the Patriots. Every year you were expecting him in the Super Bowl. So, Pats fans were just like, oh, we're not even worried. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, why does it matter? Like, screw all this extra stuff like that's what it is with LeBron James if you have LeBron James on your team you're expecting to go to the finals so you're like okay let's ride out the regular season I'll see you in the finals exactly exactly so I think I guess uh what we're what we're trying to say here is just appreciate greatness appreciate LeBron while he's here and then just get ready for playoff LeBron because it is unlike any any sort of former basketball player that you've ever seen in your life. It, it truly is just incredible. Um, and the last thing I kind of want to talk about, I saw this poll on Twitter and I felt like this would be, uh, be a pretty good discussion for us to kind of close it out on. It was who is going to end, uh, end with the best career? Who's going to have the better career between the two? And the two players were Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard. Now, I'll start by saying right now, Kawhi Leonard has more to his name as far as accolades go. He's four years older than Giannis. He's been on more championship teams. He kind of grew up in the Spurs system for the first seven years of his career. Uh, Or one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven years of his career. So he kind of got put into a winning environment, a winning culture right away. Um, But he did win a finals MVP uh, with the Spurs one of the years that they beat LeBron and the the Miami Heat. It was the last year that LeBron was in Miami when he went back before he went back to Cleveland. Um, got traded from San Antonio. Did not want to be in San Antonio anymore. Got traded to Toronto, and just 
goes into Toronto, wins them a championship, their first ever championship, wins the finals MVP and dips to the Los Angeles Clippers where he is putting up career highs in points, rebounds, and assists by a good amount. Um, And he is just – I mean, Kawhi Leonard is probably a top three player uh, in the world right now. I'd say I I think my top three would probably be like LeBron, KD – and maybe even Giannis at this point, just but Katie's hurt, so right now you probably have to put Kawhi up there. But Kawhi Leonard proved himself to be one of the best players in the world just by single handedly, like just going into Toronto, winning them a championship. Like, so he has uh, multiple. He has a two-time Defensive Player of the Year award, two times Final MVP, uh, two-time NBA champion, uh, won two championships with two different teams. Five-time All-Defensive team member. He won the All-Star Game MVP this past year. Three-time All-NBA. Four-time All-Star. I mean, the guy has accolades on upon, of, upon accolades, and he's just only 29. Like, he's in his prime right now. Uh, right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a four-time All-Star as well. Made the All-NBA team three times. Has an MVP award under his belt that Kawhi does not. Two-time All-Defensive team member. We'll probably make it three times. We'll definitely make it three times after this season. We'll probably add a defensive player of the word as well and another MVP. Um, the only real thing that Giannis doesn't have on Kawhi at this point is the championships and the finals MVP. So if we're looking at it from a at the end of their career standpoint, like when it's all said and done, who's going to be better? Ryan, I, I want to ask you, who do you think is going to finish just between the accolades the statistics who will have the better overall career when it's all said and done. The better player will be Kawhi Leonard. The most accolades will go to Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's how I see it. I like that argument. Yeah. Because Kawhi Leonard is the better overall player. Uh, Yes. Giannis is a very, very, very good defender. A great defender actually, but so is Kawhi. Kawhi is a very great defender too. If you put them side by side and have them one by one v one, I mean Kawhi's gonna hold his own. I mean Giannis can go down the paint all he wants and yams on him, but Kawhi's a big dude. Like he's big and he's hard to get by. But I I think yeah I think Giannis will finish with more accolades. Yes, right now Kawhi has more Finals MVPs and championships, but Giannis is on his way to cause absolute chaos. And we, we've seen this for the past multiple seasons also. It's just he's unstoppable. When he goes full speed down the lane, full court running downhill, you're not stopping him. There's no, no way. Not. He's too lengthy to stop his Euro step. He's too, he's too big to, to handle in the post. Like not even like Shaq size. Just He's a big dude. He's muscular. Mm-hmm. He's so yeah. big. He's just strong as hell, Compared man. to when he uh, stepped into the league, too, it's just oh, like yeah. night and day. Oh, my night God. And day. Yeah, night and day is correct. But – and, you know, a funny thing you say about that. When when he was younger in the league, there is a video of – do you remember Reggie Evans? He used to play in the Brooklyn uh, yes. Nets. There's yes. a video of him asking Giannis how old he is. And then when Giannis yeah, told him, like, he was like – he was thrown off. He's like, yeah. oh, my God. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Kawhi is the better player. He he is the better player, in my opinion. But Giannis will have better numbers, better accolades, all of that. You have to look at it too. Uh, the accolade standpoint and the statistics standpoint are more in Giannis's favor because of their situation. Like in Milwaukee, that team is literally built around Giannis. Like they literally built that entire team to complement Giannis. Um, but Kawhi Leonard overall, if you were to ask me to pick a wing, a wing player just to have on my team to get a defensive stop, even like any, honestly, if you were to tell me to pick any player in the league to put up against the opposing team's best player, if you would tell me, pick someone that you want in front of LeBron or Giannis, or at night, well, we're not going to say Giannis because he's in the discussion. Like if you want to put someone in front of LeBron James to stop him, I'm picking Kawhi Leonard. I'm not going to pick Giannis. I'm going to pick Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has proven that he can stay in front of LeBron. He has proven that he can stop LeBron. I mean, that's literally like one of the biggest reasons why he won finals MVP when he was in San Antonio. Um, At a young age, too. Very early early in his career. Exactly. I think just the way he set up Giannis, just averaging 30 points, averages 14 rebounds, six assists a game. Like, he doesn't have – 
Kawhi Leonard's a better shooter than him, just a better three-point shooter. There's no debate yep. about that. Giannis yep. can grow into that. He can uh, develop a better shot, of course. But right now, that's what Kawhi has on him, uh, definitely. I think he just has a better all-around offensive game. I think he's more of a high IQ, a more skilled player. Mm-hmm. On the defensive end, he just knows what to do. He knows where to be. Giannis just kind of has his his length. Height and his length to his advantage. If Kawhi Leonard had he was six foot 11 and he had uh, a seven foot eight foot wingspan like Giannis like oh my gosh he'd be the best there would be he'd be the best player on planet earth and there probably wouldn't be a discussion on all honesty but um yeah I, I kind of like the way you looked at it that way accolades wise Giannis probably is going to have the upper hand on Kawhi especially depending on what we see I mean the only things Giannis doesn't have right now is the um, the Defensive Player of the Year awards, which he might win one this year, and the championships and the final MVPs. And obviously those are – especially the MVPs, the final MVPs and the championship, that's what people hold uh, against players the most. Like at the end of the day, like people judge players based off how many championships they've won. And if Kawhi Leonard can go – come into Los Angeles with another championship and win another finals MVP, he'd be the first, I'm pretty sure he would be the very first player to win three, uh, three championships and three finals MVPs for three different franchises. And that just proves to you that he can step into any situation and make a team better and lead a team to a championship. Yeah. He has Paul George, but he's better than Paul George. It's not, he's not playing second fiddle to anyone. He steps in, he turns that team into his and he leads them to championships. I mean, that Toronto run that season alone, should solidify him has he will go down as an all-time great literally gets traded to a team that he really didn't even want to get traded to and then like, still you know, won still won like i'm hey like listen like i'm gonna leave after the season but i'll win you guys a championship and that's like literally what he did like hit the game-winning shot to close out the series in the second round closed out the bucks in the eastern conference finals and then just beats the warriors i mean granted they didn't have kd or clay thompson but like just ends a dynasty he ended the Heat dynasty when with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. LeBron left after they won, ends the Warriors dynasty, and now it's just like, what else can he do? Like, I mean, it, the Kawhi is just a, a generational talent. So is Giannis. I'm not saying he isn't. But Kawhi Leonard as an overall player, I, I think he will end as the best, better between the two. I have a question for you as a Celtics fan. Okay. If you're guaranteed four years of Kawhi, would you give up the Celtics' future for him? Yeah. How's that one, bud? <laughs> uh, that's tough. That, that's tough, right? Kawhi uh, I was just, just thinking about that right now. I, like, that's so tough. Because Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, just... Kawhi, went in with, Kawhi went in with killer Kyle Lowry. Yes, he's a killer, and he gets disrespected all the time. Give him respect. And Pascal Siakam. Now – if you take away Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or whoever the future, you de- your definition of the future, which I think we have the same definition, would you give up the future of the Boston Celtics for four years of Kawhi Leonard, you know, possible th- three, four championships, something like that? Like, what do you, where's your head at with so, that? So, okay. So, if I'm – you're saying giving away the future, we're assuming Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. We're, so, he still has Kemba Walker. He still has Marcus Smart, Gordo, Gordon Hayward, and Daniel Tice, and then we'll we'll just keep the bench in there. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck exactly. You. He just exactly. turned twenty nine two days and ago. Seeing, and seeing June how well was his birthday. Seeing how well Jason Tatum was playing this season, especially when he got to like January, February, and if he continues to be that guy, Kawhi Leonard's a guarantee. Yeah, that's he's a player that you guarantee. Obviously, bearing a catastrophic injury, that would be the only thing. But if we're going injury free here, <sighs> it's oh, tough, dude. man. I don't it's know. So I wish you... you brought. I wish you asked me this before, because now you're like, I have to like. This is like, this is something that you genuinely have to think about. Like, like no, it is. This is a hard. No, but that's why I did it. The, that's why I did it though, because it it's so back, hard. And then back. people people will see how hard it is for you to see this and understand I'm a, and listen, pick it. I'm the biggest Celtics fan in the world. I exactly. No, I'm the biggest Celtics like, fans too. 
I'm dead ass like 50-50 right now because if you got Kawhi and Kemba and Marcus Smart and Gordon Hayward, like that team, you're guaranteed to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think you're guaranteed a few championships with no injuries. Oh, man, I hate to say it, bro. But then you're giving up years of Jason Tatum, years of Jalen Brown. And after that four years, you don't even know what Kawhi is doing. That's the part that's stumping me. Like, You know what? I'm I'm tweeting this right now. I hope everyone hears this. If you're guaranteed – Oh, Sheehan, I hate you. I might have to go with Kawhi Leonard. I might have to go with Kawhi Leonard. That's so tough, bro. I I think so highly of Kawhi Leonard. And I literally think that if he is on your team, you are guaranteed at least a conference finals appearance. And he has proven in the past, and I said it, like he goes on any team and he can bring, he can win you a championship no matter the situation. Put him in Brad Stevens' system too, bro. Like you still got that star power with Kemba. You still got Gordon Hayward putting up his numbers. You still got the defensive edge with Marcus Smart. I mean, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in four years either. You can make that argument. Exactly. They're yeah, going to sign their extension. And they could be gone too. That's the thing. So it's just kind of like Kawhi just turned 29. He's in his prime right now. We'll be in his prime for the next four years. I think Kawhi Leonard's a top, one of the best players in the world. Yeah. It's t- dude, it's tough. All right, it's, what would you say? It, what would you say? I know I said Kawhi already, but what would you say? <laughs> See, I can't even answer my own. Oh, screw question. you! <laughs> screw you! I answer. Right, you gotta answer this is too. this is why. So this is my thing. If you're giving up the Celtics' future, in my definition, in your definition, which is Jason Tatum, which is Jalen Brown, after that four years, you're taking four years of Kawhi Leonard. That four years, you have Kemba Walker, Kawhi Leonard. Marcus Smart, I don't know what happens with Gordon Hayward. He dips after this season. You have Daniel Tice plus the bench. Plus what Kawhi did already with the Toronto Raptors, and I'm giving four years of that. Plus I can have Marcus and those guys come back. I think I have to say yes. Here's another argument. Here's another argument. Okay, okay. so you take away Jason Tatum, who is about to sign a $30 million, uh, well, we'll say like 20 to $30 million extension. You take away Jalen Brown signing his huge, ex- his huge extension. You're going to have a lot of money to work with too. You could potentially bring in someone else to join Kawhi. Right. Not, maybe not another star, but another solid. And plus, Gordon Hayward is off his deal, too, after a year. That's a lot of money to work with. Because you know what it's, Kawhi Leonard is. That's the thing. You know what Kawhi Leonard is. And we, I want to – yeah. We think, you do. We think we know what Jace Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be. But at, that, at this point, it's like we saw what they did this past season. But it's hypothetically thinking what they can become in the future. We know what Kawhi Leonard is. It's There's so not, hard to what give he up. is is a top four, top three player in the world. It's so hard to give up the potential of something that for something that exists now. It's it truly but is that's because you thing. don't know how it will turn out. So and that's I why don't it's so want tough. people to twist my words here. So this goes back to the argument of we could have traded for Kawhi Leonard a few years ago, but we wouldn't give up Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. We could have traded for Anthony Davis. But we had to give up Jason. That's, a, that's a different story. Those though. are different stories because those are rentals. Those are because right. you only knew they're going to be there for one year. If you know Kawhi Leonard will stay, listen. If two years ago you told me that Kawhi Leonard would come to Boston and he would resign, there is no hesitation I would have traded Jalen Brown at that point for Kawhi Leonard. You just, like, from a basketball standpoint, you, you can't say no to that especially knowing what Kawhi Leonard has done in the past and did when he went to Toronto. You know how great he is. And, like, at that point, Jalen Brown was all potential. Even this year, Jalen Brown had a breakout year. Kawhi Leonard still averaged seven more points than him a game. Still, like, like one of the best, if not the best, wing defender. Like, sure, Jalen Brown is going to be an elite two-way player, but Kawhi Leonard is an elite two-way player, and he is probably the most elite two-way player. He can do like, everything, everything that Jason he, Tatum and Jalen Brown can do. Basically. And more. And more. Seri- yeah, seriously. Plus, yeah, again, but, he was in Toronto with Kyle Lowry. Again, don't disrespect Kyle Lowry. And but, Pascal Siakam. But, but Kemba Walker is a bigger upgrade than Kyle Lowry. Exactly. Well, actually, hey, here's another argument for you. I saw people arguing that fucking Kyle Lowry is better than Kemba Walker. No, I don't believe it. 
I don't believe it. Statistic, I saw that I mean, recently. If you look at the accolades, sure. I mean, Kyle Lowry has a championship to his name. Like he's made it more, in, he's made it, uh, had more playoff runs than Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker really hasn't had a chance to. He also had DeMar by his side for years. He's had a team built around him, yeah. not Kemba Walker. From from like an from like a pure skill standpoint, I gotta go Kemba Walker there. Thank you. Yeah, but, I I just think he's better than Kyle Lowry. Kyle yeah. Lowry, he Kyle deserves a, a lot of he respect. Did, he, yeah, he deserves more respect. He doesn't deserve as much uh, disrespect as people give him. I mean, he is an NBA champion. He is someone that like he's just a great. Uh, side uh, sidekick to have, especially on that Toronto team. I mean, they had Pascal Siakam too, but Kyle Lowry was a good as a, was a big reason why they won that year as well. This conversation right here just proves how unbiased we are when it comes to this stuff. Because if yep. I was like a full on green teamer, like all biased towards the Celtics, I would have been immediately. I would have shut down. Like, no, I'm keeping Jace Tam, Jalen Brown. The fact that it even took me a while to think that, and I'm, I'm going with Kawhi, like it shows we're not biased. We're, we really oh. aren't. No, yeah. we're true basketball yeah, bro, fans. Bro, that's a tough question. That was that really. I want. We it. need a. Uh, if you want to, we can tweet about this because I also want to hear what the people think about this. Because yeah, I think I, I think is... this I think this is a way harder question than what people think. It's not the just pe- looking people... at the question and being like Kawhi Leonard. You have to actually think about it. Think about it. No, it's, you, a, you, it's you critical do. thinking. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> like really it's is. hard, right. man. Yeah, no, we'll put that tweet out after this episode. Shit. It is, it, dude, that it's like so literally like put my then, brain in a blender. I'm not because, even kidding. Because then if you look at what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum turn out to in those four years, and then Kawhi Leonard, he's 29 now, so we could say he'll be 33. If you just switch it now, like he'll be 33, like the second half of his career. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown would be st- still in the first half of their career, basically. Mm-hmm and hitting their prime so it's dude it's a tough question that's the part that made me think about the most because it's just like yeah you're giving that up like sure Kawhi Leonard's gonna give you better years now but then like after that that's like you still have by the time Kawhi Leonard's gone that's when Jalen Brown Jace Tatum would be probably hitting their primes yeah but at the same time like I said you don't know what's gonna happen with them in a few years they could dip from Boston we don't we hopefully they don't but like that's that's just what you can't assume that they're gonna be here their whole career Mm -hmm. but all right Ryan yeah wow all right we're ending the episode there because i can't talk about any more basketball at this point that just absolutely put my brain in a blender yep that's it (laughs) that's it we're calling it an episode thank you guys for listening this was episode three of hoops caviar uh my name is dante toro i am currently at a loss for words but you can follow me at on twitter at dante on deck where you can find me uh with my blog talking about other Celtic <laughs> stuff. Um, I made you lose you, yourself. You dude. can follow us on Twitter at <laughs> Caviar. Also follow our other podcast at Chasing Banners, where we talk about all things Celtics. Ryan, take it from me because I don't. I don't even want to. <laughs> I I made Dante lose his brain. His brain uh, is a flat basketball. Just a, it's just all mush. Right <laughs> I am four hundred one Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, 401 S H E E H A N, the best Irish name out there. Uh, I also have Chasing Banners with the greatest co host of all time, Dante Toro. We have this going on. Uh, and I also have Sheehan's World coming back out this weekend. And it's we're rolling, so we're gonna keep going. We're here to stay, and you better know that probably more than four years. Yeah, we'll be here more than four years. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Much love, respect, uh, and make sure to check out our other podcasts as well. We'll be putting out those episodes uh, soon as well. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, uh, Until next time, uh, peace, love, peace, love, and happiness. Peace, guys.